On Friday morning, my colleague Steve Inskeep, who co-hosts NPR's Morning Edition, spoke to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. It's been nearly six weeks since the Hamas attack that killed some 1,200 Israelis. Since then, Israel has bombed and besieged Gaza, saying it seeks to destroy Hamas and rescue the hostages it's holding. But Gaza officials say those attacks have killed more than 11,000 people. Netanyahu talked about a range of issues, but we wanted to focus on one part of the interview, what the future of Gaza may look like. What do you intend to do with Gaza once Israeli troops are fully in control on the ground there? We have two um, main goals there. One is to uh, prevent uh, prevent things, uh, this threat from emerging. For that, we need to demilitarize Gaza. And the second thing we have to do is de-radicalize Gaza. It's like, what do you do when you... You beat the Nazi regime. Uh, well, you uh, make sure that uh, Germany is not, doesn't arm itself again, and you also make sure that Nazism is uh, removed. Same thing you did in the victory against Japan. You know, you, you won the victory, but you then also made sure that there was a cultural change in Japan. We need a cultural change uh, in any civilian administration in Gaza. It can't be committed to... Uh, funding terrorism that has to be committed to fighting terrorism. When you say any civilian administration, Prime Minister, that seems to be the question. You've said you don't want the Palestinian Authority running Gaza, which would be the other major Palestinian organization other than Hamas. You don't want them running Gaza. Who else is there? Well, first of all, anyone who doesn't share Hamas's goals and who doesn't share Hamas's inculcation uh, of uh, teaching children, Palestinian children, that Israel has to be destroyed, uh, and that's their goal in life. I mean, that's what the uh, the Palestinian Authority is doing in the West Bank. It's teaching uh, children, Palestinian children, that Israel has to be annihilated. They pay for slay. They pay the uh, families of terrorists uh, uh, for the murder of Jews, and the more Jews they murder, the more they get paid. This is not the people who can uh, uh, work for peace. And you know, almost 40 days have passed. And the Palestinian leadership of, uh, of the Palestinian Authority, President Abbas, has yet to condemn this savagery. Consider this. Prime Minister Netanyahu often referred to post-World War II as a possible roadmap for what he called demilitarizing and de-radicalizing Gaza. Coming up, we'll have more of that interview and also get some context from our national security correspondent, Greg Myrie. From NPR, I'm Scott Detrow. It's Thursday, November 17th. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Charles Schwab, with their original podcast, Choiceology. Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind people's decisions. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com slash podcast. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXLLearning.com. Hey, it's Scott. 
Before we get back to the episode, I want to tell you about another podcast that I also host. It's brand new. It's called Trump's Trials. It's a weekly show, and the goal is to tell you everything you need to know about what happened that week in all of the sprawling civil and criminal cases that Donald Trump is facing as he runs for president again. The plea deals, the testimony, the gag orders, what you need to know about all of it in about 15 minutes. Trump's Trials. Find it and follow the show for new episodes each Saturday. All right, thanks. Now back to today's episode of Consider This. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Scott Detrow. We're going to return to my colleague Steve Inskeep's interview with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Throughout the interview, Netanyahu repeatedly brought up the Allied response to Nazi Germany as a model for Israel in Gaza. And Steve picked up on that thread. The question, of course, is the United States ended up keeping troops in Germany for generations. That's where you're heading here with with Gaza? Well, I'm not sure of keeping troops inside. Uh, And in fact, uh, it's not particularly necessary. Gaza is very small. So the overriding military responsibility has to be with Israel for the foreseeable future. Because once you eliminate Hamas, and we have to eliminate Hamas, we have to beat these barbarians, otherwise this evil will spread. And it is uh, a great danger to everyone. But once we defeat Hamas, we have to make sure that there's no new Hamas, no resurgence of terrorism. And right now, the only force that is able to uh, to secure that is Israel. So for the foreseeable future, Israeli overall military responsibility. But there also has to be a civilian government there. But you, but you haven't said who that civilian government would be, sir. Well, I think I know who it can't be. It can't okay. be people who are committed to I wanna, if uh, funding I... terrorism and, and inculcating terrorism. Let, let me say this, though. Very briefly, sir. That you had, you had this, we, we can give Gaza a different future. You say, how will this generation have a different future? Just the way the German people had a different future, the Japanese people had a different future, because you eliminated these toxic regimes, these tyrannies, these heartless monstrosities, and you replace them with something good. And what we need is something that is, we replace that with something that cares for the future of peace between Israel and the Palestinians, that cares to rebuild Gaza that cares to eliminate this terrorist tyranny that uh, subjugated the people of Gaza. I think that's the only hope for peace and the only hope for Palestinians. That was Morning Edition Steve Inskeep speaking with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Friday morning. NPR's Greg Myrie covers national security and is in Tel Aviv right now. My co-host Ari Shapiro spoke to him about Netanyahu's interview, about what he said and about what he didn't say. So many references there to World War II. How well does this comparison actually apply to the current war? There are are really a lot of differences. But actually, there's a more recent Israeli war that does seem very relevant today. Back in 1982, Israel invaded southern Lebanon to drive out militant Palestinians who were attacking northern Israel. Now, Israel did push out those Palestinians, but in their place, very soon after, came the militant group Hezbollah. Israel then found itself stuck in southern Lebanon for 18 years, fighting Hezbollah, until Israel unilaterally withdrew in 2000. Today, Hezbollah is stronger than ever, and it's trading fire with Israel across its northern border. Uh, Israel does have the region's most powerful military, but it still needs to find political solutions, and the Palestinians say that would be statehood. And to that persistent question about what the civilian government of Gaza would look like, what are the options for who can run Gaza? 
Well, in short, Israel just hasn't provided an answer. You heard uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu sort of uh, evading Steve's question there. Netanyahu says Hamas will never be allowed to run Gaza again. He also says he doesn't want the Palestinian Authority to run Gaza. The Palestinian Authority runs the West Bank, but it's ineffectual and unpopular, and it even says it won't go to Gaza on the back of an Israeli tank. Ultimately, a political solution will involve Palestinians ruling Gaza, but Netanyahu seems to be ruling out the options that exist today. Well, whether or not the leader of Israel's government is willing to spell it out in an NPR interview, what does Israel seem likely to do? What what are they likely to be planning right now? So we've spoken to a lot of Israeli officials, and there's kind of this vague talk about having the international community come in and perhaps be part of some transitional phase. But outsiders just haven't shown any interest in in running the territory. Arab countries don't want to come into Gaza and serve as an enforcer. The United Nations does things like provide food and health care and schooling, but it simply isn't equipped to govern. So for Israel, the real risk is getting stuck in Gaza, even if it decides at some point it wants to leave. And Netanyahu did not say a lot about the humanitarian situation. Can his government continue to resist international pressure as conditions in Gaza grow even more dire? This is going to be very hard because of these daily images of the, of the very real Palestinian hardship in Gaza. Already more than 11,000 are dead, tens of thousands wounded, according to Gaza officials. Food and water are increasingly hard to find. The World Food Program says Gaza is just getting a tiny fraction of the food it needs. There's a fuel shortage that's shutting down water systems, communications, hospitals. Uh, you see images of people burning wood in the street just to cook a meal. Israel is now going to allow f- enough fuel for the UN to run sewage and desalination plants. But this kind of piecemeal approach is, is not going to solve the larger crisis. So no matter what What happens on the battlefield, Israel is going to face sustained pressure to do more, much more, to deal with the humanitarian crisis. That's NPR's Greg Myrie speaking earlier with my co-host Ari Shapiro. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Scott Detrow. Hey there, everybody. It's Peter Sagal. On our show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, it's usually just jokes. But a man cannot live on dad jokes alone. Sometimes you need to express your trauma that haunts you and drives you, as I did on a bonus episode just for Wait, Wait Plus supporters. A deep dish pizza hurt me. That's right. For a chance to hear the raw, real, revealing truth, sign up for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Plus at plus.npr.org in order to feel my pain. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. 
Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXLlearning.com.